This is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast with John Clark. Today's episode is brought to you by Unconditional Media. Unconditional Media helps you help more people. Specializing in services including Google AdWords, search engine optimization, and coming soon, Facebook ads for therapists. Get in touch at www.unconditional.media. All right, we've got a great show for you today. Let's dive in. Jeff, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Um, you also very, very kindly agreed to be on camera without any real notice or, <laughs> you know, a chance to, you know, very carefully pick out your outfit or whatever it is. Yeah, um, I know. I didn't even take a shower today. Like, hair's <laughs> all over the place. But yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm it's cool. I, yeah, yeah. I like the, you know, seeing each other, reading the nonverbal cues. That's all very important to us therapists. It is, yeah. It goes, it goes a lot further. You get the mirror neurons firing. Um, yeah, <laughs> when I did this with, with Kelly Higdon, had me on her show not long ago, and she does it like this. She's very informal. Also, I think yeah. just uses like you know the computer microphone or whatever. But you just sit and have a conversation, looking at each other. So, um, <laughs> do you do any online therapy? Like, do you do any? No, I don't do any online therapy. Um, I used like every now and then I would do like therapy just on the telephone, not through Skype or video conferencing or anything. And I always found it like really tricky to do. Um, it's just like not my natural state of being doing therapy on the phone. I actually worked for like a crisis call center for my first year um, out of like grad school. That was like my first therapy job. So I was like pretty okay at doing counseling on the phone, but really, uh, there's like some barriers there, obviously. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's well, you know, just to go ahead and stereotype you, you're a technological dude. So I thought maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that integrated into your practice, but, um, but yeah, nothing beats seeing people in person, huh? Yeah, yeah. I really like just sort of being in the same room with somebody. I'd be open to talking to like current clients on Skype if they moved out of the city or something. Um, but yeah, that's, that's I don't do that. What's your um, uh, clinical work like nowadays? Because you, you, you've got a, a number of irons in the fire. So yeah, I do. Yeah. So now I'm only seeing clients on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, so I only see maybe like 10 to 12 clients a week, but I haven't accepted a new client for like over two years. Um, so I've, all my clients now are like long-term clients or they're clients that I've seen in the past that are coming in for little refresher sessions or something. Um, so that's kind of, I've narrowed everything down to Mondays and Tuesdays and all the other days are used for all the other things that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it's a transformation, right? Or it's a, it's a journey going from seeing mm-hmm. X amount of clients or maybe if you used to see 15 or 20 or whatever to just a couple, it's, it's really a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. I think it's a positive one, but yeah, it's, it's a positive different. one. I used to see up to like 35 clients a week when I was like working Monday through Friday. Um, the one little like funky thing is that since all the clients I have now are like really long-term clients, I have to make sure that I don't get into like some 
groove <laughs> where I'm like only saying the same thing over and over <laughs> again or like I'm not like looking at the issue from like different perspectives because I can fall into that where it's just like, oh, these are my friends, my clients, what's up? Sure. And like just sort of like repeat things. So I'm trying to like keep that in mind while I'm being a therapist. That is uh, and I'm not just saying this for the sake of the podcast, but I literally am going through the same thing right now. Oh, really? Have, um, we, you and I were talking before the show about San Francisco, where I used to live and practice. And um, I only see maybe between two and four clients a week nowadays. Mm-hmm. And at least two or two or three of those are San Francisco clients who have mm-hmm. been with me for years since I started that practice. So it's been many years. And just recently, I, I found myself like, He's been hearing me say this for four years. Like I need, an, I need a new, a new, a new spiel or a new like thing. Or it also just reflects that sometimes the same themes have been relevant, you know, for years. Just like in a lot sure. of our lives, we we struggle with the same things, and sometimes people need to hear the same things. And it probably doesn't annoy him. Maybe it's good to hear or reassuring. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I find myself repeating myself all the time, but I feel like. If I didn't like that, then I wouldn't like being a therapist. I mean, <laughs> we're like trying to creatively repeat ourselves in slightly different ways yeah. almost every week. So, you know. There's that. And also um, as a therapist, especially when you're seeing 30 people a week, either getting little bits of information mixed up or someone's mm. boyfriend's name and mm-hmm. you think you know it. But then right before you say it, you go, <laughs> is it? You go, is it not? <laughs> yeah. It it's not this like, that. yeah, there's just like this little <laughs> like a little bit of panic yeah. <laughs> that goes to your whole body of just like, Oh, I'm going to be the worst therapist ever. I was talking <laughs> to like talking about being the worst therapist ever. I was talking to my consultation group and I am a hundred percent convinced that if I feel like I need a yawn during a session, I can cover it up. I'm sure, like oh, the sure. best at covering up. I like breathe all through my nose, take it all in that oh, yeah. way. I've like, complete control over like how wide my uh, jaw opens like it's I'm so good <laughs> but like other therapists I've seen like as the when I've been like been the client I've like seen therapists like try to like stop a yawn they try to uh, swallow it. yeah they try to swallow oh, it, it looks, or they like, it looks so so bad yeah it's just sloppy <laughs> that I'm like you don't even care about me like I'm going through all like you're just bored should I not even be here yeah, yeah. and I have this like crazy internal dialogue but it like makes me question how good am I really at stopping the yawn sure I have no idea how do you feel like your yawn skills are I think I'm pretty I could compete with you for the stoppage <laughs> which would be a fun video to do I don't know how you would even do that but try to stop it or just sit here and wait for an hour until you have an organic yawn and try to stifle yeah. it um, yeah. I, so I had a therapist myself who would just let it rip she just would yawn okay. unapologetically and yeah. she would even just say she would yawn and go yeah your body my, my brain needs more oxygen that's why you yawn yeah um, yeah you know, and she would just name it, and it's like, yeah, there's that, and also it represents one thing, kind of like when someone looks at their watch and they're like, right, it's like, no, Jeff, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. I just also need to know what time it is because I'm, yeah, yeah, you know, because I'm getting bored. Uh, so <laughs> I think you can go either way. Yeah. But I think the worst thing you can do is to try to swallow it because then you just you do this yeah. weird, ugly thing with your mouth, and you your face changes uh, and exactly you try to get the yawn in without revealing it but you you end up revealing it yeah yeah it's, and then you it's ruin a, the client's life 
these are the things that we have to like figure out as therapists. It's tough stuff. Between that and um, you know, crossing your legs was was a real cardinal <laughs> sin when we were getting trained. And I was it? It was a huge thing. It was all about mechanics. You know, the first huh. year was really about mechanics. And I remember the first time that I crossed my legs when I was on my own, you know, in the real world, crossing my legs. <laughs> and I did it, and I'm like, I'm a bad person. This is how wow. it began. This is slippery slope. It's like, first you're crossing your legs, then you're drinking a beer in session, or you're, te- you know, texting your clients or Snapchatting them or whatever. <laughs> whatever my professors imagined at the time that it would lead to was like, this is it. This yeah. is how it begins. Yeah. I just oh, become exactly. <laughs> oh, God, that's really funny. We have a weird job, I will tell you that. Yeah, it's incredibly weird. Yeah, the more you think about it, it's it's not a normal way of no. interacting with people, but that's what makes no. it therapy, and it's exactly you know. Yeah. Um, well, you uh, you sent an email recently. I really I'm always digging your email marketing, and I always look at them, and I'm like, damn, Jeff's emails are way better than mine. That's just <laughs> my you. reaction. <laughs> you you deliver a lot of value in your emails, which I think, mm-hmm. and for anyone listening who is trying to do some email marketing, look at Jeff's emails. Everything he sends is jam-packed with value or he's done research or he's gone out and gotten numbers for you and he's delivering them right to you. So mm-hmm. um, that just has said a lot. And you also throw in a personal element or you've also, it was recently when you said something like, you know, just the path to be an entrepreneur and the feelings of like just kind of the highs and lows of it that really mm-hmm. connected with me as well. So mm-hmm. I've, yeah, say more about that though. That you're how you kind of come up with those, or how you got good at emails. <laughs> email uh, you know, yeah, sure. I I I've been email marketing now for I don't know, maybe like three years or so. So I feel like not too long, but long enough to you know, I send an email every week pretty much for like the last three years. So I've been collecting a lot of data and doing a lot of research into it. And I was always trying and, and for. I also like sell a product, like an online course. So I had this sort of like debate with myself of like, how much content do I give in these like free emails when I want somebody to like buy an online course with like all the other free content? Uh, And I was, and I really couldn't figure out what like the right ratio was. And then eventually I was just like, you know what? Forget it. (laughs) Like I'm going to give all of the content, all the value, all I can like possibly give in all of my little emails. Now that's not to say that like the online course is not valuable. It definitely is the way it's set up and yada yada. But um, I felt like what I really wanted to do is to get people to get my readers and subscribers to like really trust me and understand that I like, I'm just, I'm an, I'm an authority in this like specific uh, area and this is, and I, and I want you to get as much as you can out of all my free stuff. Um, So it was about trust. It was about becoming an authority and about just sort of like giving like interesting data so that you'll be really interested in what the next email is going to say. Sure. You know? Yeah. So say more about that sense of like, I think people struggle with that a lot, which is kind of how much to give away. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of people that I look up to will say, in general, they'll say pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> Teach everything. Or Donald Miller will say, um, give away the, the, the what and then mm-hmm. save the how for your product or your course or your mastermind group. Right? It's mm-hmm. the implementation of the what. Mm-hmm. Um, or someone like Pat Flynn will say, just teach everything, absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, there's there's that thing of like if you like just give away everything, which I feel like I pretty much do, 
people are going to receive it. And then if you ever do have like a premium product or a paid product, then everyone's just like, well, what's in there? Yeah. You know, like it must be even better. <laughs> yes. And inevitably, it usually is yep. just because of the way you structure it and all the details and times that you put into it or whatever. Um, but like, I, but like, like you've heard, like we've all probably heard, like building your email list is like one of the most important things you could do. Sure. So in order to do that, you have to give away really quality, good quality content. And not be afraid to give it away, not have that kind of scarcity right. mindset of like, I'm mm-hmm. going to give you one out of seven tips for SEO <laughs> exactly. and then click here for, you know, seven right. more or six more or something. But um, right. yeah, it's, it's, um, it can be counterintuitive, but when you start to think about why, um, it, it makes more sense. Um, yeah. And then the trust that you end up having from people is mm-hmm. a lot more solid when you've been very generous oh, yeah. with what you know and giving it away. And the reality right. is people can get answers to things, whether it's from you or someone else. Like if let's mm-hmm. someone has a question about SEO, they could get it from you or you could guard it and say, no, you've got to, you know, that's a $30 mm-hmm. answer or whatever. Or they mm-hmm. could go to someone else or go to Moz or something and, and find right. the answer. So that's yeah. the other thing that we're kind of this world we're living in now is that if they don't find it from you, they'll go somewhere else. And you're trying to build a relationship. Totally. You want them right. to come to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of information and data, so you had mentioned that you've been collecting some um, kind of consumer information that I'm super interested to hear about. Yeah, some of it is just like interesting information that maybe you can't do much with. And then other uh, information is like something that you can actually do to implement like different ways that you market or sure. relate clients that are looking for therapy. So as you may or may not know, I run an online mental health directory in Portland, Oregon. I live in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I created it in order to like compete with psychology today and mm-hmm. for the Portlanders to like all have their, you know, local directory. Um, and it's become quite popular. There's, you know, over 500 therapists on it. Over 17,000 visitors a month come to the website That's looking awesome. for therapy. And it's been going on for about four years now. And I've collected tons and tons of data of what, um, clients or potential clients, therapy seekers are looking for when they're looking for a therapist. So I get to see their like digital journey when they go to the website. So some like kind of interesting, uh, random information, uh, is, uh, I've, when you track like the days of the week that people are coming to look for therapy and just as a, disclaimer or something mm-hmm. obviously obviously this is just for portland sure, and so sure. portland is different than any other or i don't know how different it is we like to think we're very different or <laughs> I think not we're, yeah okay but, but maybe therapy weird. consumers aren't that different I mean, yeah i think it's yeah. very <laughs> yeah right. very applicable yeah so it's you know like a probably a typical metropolitan city sure. um with a lot of like the same issues that like other major cities have um so i'm just putting that out there yep but when we look at like what's the most popular day of the week mm. that uh, clients are looking for therapy, uh, a couple years ago it used to be Monday, which is obviously the most like officially the most depressing day of the week. <laughs> so it made perfect sense that the most people were looking for therapy on Mondays. But just last year, Tuesday became the most popular day to that look is for so therapy. What's, um, your, what's and, your hypothesis about that? I don't know. Mondays and Tuesdays suck. Who knows? I mean, it it actually is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are pretty close when it comes to like 
um, which days are the most popular. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday where there's like a complete yeah. drop off, um, especially on Saturdays. There's barely yeah. anyone looking Life for therapy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we're fooling ourselves into thinking everything's okay it's on the not weekend. That bad. I don't hate my job yeah. that much. Exactly. Yeah. But then when you get back to work on Monday, you're just like, oh, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Or maybe you're busy on Saturday and Sunday. Like yeah, you're doing fun stuff. You're like hanging out. You're sure, recharging, sure. going out, seeing a movie, whatever. And, you know, we should be getting work done, I guess, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But, you know, there's always time to like yeah. go on the internet and look for a therapist. Sure. And, and the time of day that, are, that people are looking for a therapist. The most popular time is 11 a.m. <laughs> and the most popular like times are between uh, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. So it's really during like work hours. Yeah. <laughs> people need to get back to work maybe. Right. Or maybe they just like need to find a therapist in order to figure out how to like feel better in life. Yeah. Isn't so those are kind of interesting numbers. Yeah. I mean, I... I think there's a lot of interesting inferences we can take from those, but yeah. So maybe on Mondays people have the the, the realization, or they remember again that they they want to start therapy. They put it on the list, right? And it's kind of like a lot sure. of work tasks in general. You sit down, and part of why Mondays suck is that you're overwhelmed, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a maybe for some people it's a bummer to be back to work. And so Tuesday it's like, yeah. okay, I'm actually going to pick up the phone and, and call or or email. Well, here's another question for you: is um, Anecdotally, and in, in our well, in, in in my group practice, I see a lot more people who will email to set up a first appointment rather than call. And I can mm-hmm. make assumptions or look into the numbers in terms of their age and demographics and stuff like that. But is there mm-hmm. anything you see from the directory in terms of what are people doing more often, or is mm-hmm. there a certain kind of person who's more likely to call versus email? Uh, I, I collect like how many messages and emails are sent through the you know therapist profile, and then I try to collect how many times a phone number is clicked as well. And there are more emails that are okay. being sent. It seems like it's a two to one ratio. I can't quite figure out who the who are the people that are emailing more than the people that are calling, like demographic wise. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems like emails the more popular way to go instead of calling and playing yeah. phone tag and you know and maybe that's just sort of like where we are as a modern society or maybe it's just something about like when you first initially reach out for therapy and how scary or fearful or loaded it can be. I don't know. I think it's a little both and it's about convenience, right? So if I'm if oh, I'm yeah. at work or I work in a cubicle and it takes me 10 minutes to get outside and call a therapist and like try to hide and like duck behind mm-hmm. my car, be kind of sketched out that my boss is going to hear me talking about how much I hate my job to this potential right, therapist right. versus an email of like, hey, I just need to get in or, you know. Yes. And then the other, I think the other thing for therapists in general and right now is that the more and more that people want to either schedule online like that um, mm-hmm. or come in without that first phone call is you make that decision in mm-hmm. private practice as to how your processes are going to look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and there's been this sort of like, I'm creating a new uh, local therapist directory for the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to kind of like integrate things into this new website, into this new therapist directory that will like move the mental health profession forward, you know, like cool. into the future. Uh, and so I was, you know, debating on whether or not to have a schedule now button, mm-hmm. you know, because like you can call a Lyft or an Uber by hitting a button or like everything is just like hitting a button. You receive your thing. Sure. 
Um, and so I was talking to therapists, like, how do you feel about this? And the majority of them were just like, no, no way. See, this doesn't feel a, okay. That's a real problem. I know, I know. <laughs> but one of the things that I could like understand was like, uh, and there's a way around this, but one of the things I could understand was like, you know, if somebody comes in and schedules now and then all of a sudden they show up at my, you know, at my office at 3 p.m., like, I don't know who this person is. I haven't done like any screening. I don't know if they're going to be a good match. I don't know if they're going to be dangerous. Um, so it's like, okay, well then how about we can just schedule, you know, a 15 minute phone consultation. Yeah. We can just do that right now. That's right. But there was like, you know, pushback on that as well. Yeah. Well, there's resistance to change, I think, especially among therapists or the ones who've been doing it this way for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. Or they just do it because that's how other people do it. It's the same sure. thing of like, I talk to therapists all the time where it's like, hey, should I keep my psychology today prof profile? Um, right. Because I feel like I should, or I feel like I should have a Facebook business page because mm -hmm. I feel like I should without really right. knowing why. Um, right. That's a whole other thing we could talk about. Exactly. But um, I think I, I get it. And also, um, I think at minimum, having in the giving the offering the ability for a new visitor or potential client to take some sort of action is really, mm -hmm. really important. Because if I'm looking at three therapist websites and I call one and it's old school and I just leave that message and they don't get back to me till mm -hmm. 8 p.m. tonight because they're in session and they don't have an assistant, which is another problem, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or there's one that says book your free 15-minute consultation now and I book mm -hmm. it for tomorrow morning and I go, whew, great, mm -hmm. awesome, I've got something on the books. And there's right. that kind of release where you go, all right, I've done something, right? I've, I've completed right. the loop from mm -hmm. I need a therapist to I started something. I've got something on the books. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think that's a nice in-between of just anyone can book on my schedule and you could be really crazy right. or really dangerous versus right. um, as a therapist, I should have learned not to say crazy, but I end up saying it because <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, no judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we got to bring some technology into our processes yeah. and into our scheduling. And it all sure. it also informs the people like the, the brand of you and the brand of your practice and what kind of mm -hmm. level of service can you really expect? Or is it like everyone has to pay with a, with a check and everything's right. paper and this and that? I think it all conveys a lot to the clients about what they can expect and what kind of therapy they're going to get. Yeah, it really does, definitely. Um, some other data yeah, that I... Yeah, what else you got? Uh, so, you know, I get to see which issues are selected the most often and least often. Um, and so the top three, you can probably guess, um, they take up the vast... Well, not the vast majority. They take up uh, like 45% of the issues that are selected when people are looking for a therapist. And the number one issue is anxiety, People are feeling anxious. They want to find a therapist. And number two is relationship and marriage issues. And number three is depression. Mm -hmm. So the almost 45% of the time, it's anxiety, relationship issues, and depression. So that's Makes probably sense. pretty predictable, I would imagine. Do you have numbers on um, therapeutic approach? I do, yes. Um, therapeutic approach. So... Uh, I have to sort of like say something before I give you these numbers. Um, I, I like, uh, I get feedback from clients that are on the website and they're looking for a therapist and a lot of them want to like put in the therapeutic approach or orientation. And some of the therapeutic approaches that people want to search for are 
what we therapists would call therapeutic orientation, but others are like, maybe we wouldn't. So a client feels like couples counseling is a therapeutic orientation or a therapeutic approach. When we know that there's like so many different types of couples counseling and yada, yada, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of like the client language. So that is included in this list of like the top therapeutic orientations, just putting it out there. Anyways, the number one, is CBT. <laughs> uh, yeah, and CBT is chosen 17% of the time when somebody's looking for like a specific therapeutic orientation. I'm, I feel like that says a lot of different things <laughs> about like mental health or what we're putting out there or whatever, but that's number one. Number two is couples counseling. Okay. Like they're looking for a therapist that specializes in couples counseling and treatment orientation. Uh, and then number three, which I find really interesting, I don't know if this is like a Portland thing, you tell me what you're feeling out there, but the number three uh, most popular treatment orientation is EMDR. Okay. Uh, is that also popular? It. Yeah, can you? I can believe it. I mean, um, I'll tell you just an interesting little tidbit is, um, so my my team at Unconditional Media is running AdWords for, for therapists all over the country, and, um, mm-hmm. and EMDR is, is something that we're targeting a lot with with ads and especially in like the new, the, 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 um, Northeastern part of the United States, like New York, New Jersey, et cetera, mm. EMDR ads that we've been running have been phenomenal. They've been perf- outperforming a lot of the other general stuff or an ad for anxiety or couples therapy. So I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's a treatment that people are learning a lot about. There's some kind of pop media coverage about it. People right. are learning and, um, mm-hmm. and they just, they really want help. So that, but that's, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't think it was going to be the third one by any means. Yeah, it comes even before. Number four is mindfulness-based. So that's interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so much about what the client believes is going to help them, right? And so right. It's a CBT, like the difference between do you actually know about CBT or did you just hear or did your doctor exactly. say, well, CBT has randomized controlled trials and you went, mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I need. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Interesting. For sure. Um, there's also a section on the, the therapist directory where you can choose how much are you willing to pay for a session out of pocket, mm-hmm. like if you're not going to use insurance. Um, so those are sort of interesting numbers. Um, what I found is that people, 87% of people will pay uh, at least $40 per session. That's a relief. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 79% of people will pay at least uh, $50 per session. Uh, and then 38% of people will pay $100 per session. 38%? Um, 38% okay. of the people will pay $100 out of pocket. So okay. almost 40%. I don't know. I sort of like felt good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling like 38% of the people value therapy. Or I don't know if it's they like value therapy enough or they'll pay 100 Or maybe they can just afford sure. to pay 100 something. There's a mix there. Sure. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting information. I wonder if that number will go up over time, right? Or as, as more mm. therapists, even outside of major metropolitan areas, transition to private pay, if more mm-hmm. clients will go, yeah, I pay 150 you know, even in rural Ohio or whatever it is. Right. Um, I think that's positive, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's encouraging, right? Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'd love to see these numbers outside of a city. That's, that would be interesting right. as well because there's that, also that – that whole block that a lot of therapists are up against of, I can't charge out of pocket in my area. 
mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. XYZ, because no one does it, because clients wouldn't pay, they'd be mad, whatever it is. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there, another thing that I pay attention to is just sort of like the uh, the profile photo. You know, like what photo sure. are you putting up there and which ones get clicked on the most um, and why. And there's one, maybe you've seen this in my emails, but there's one thing, there's just like one huge factor that makes the biggest difference when people are clicking on profile photos to like learn about therapists. I think I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> the biggest difference to add to your profile photo is if you have a dog in the I photo. Knew it. Everyone go yeah. get a dog. That's that's your action step from today. Get a dog right now, write it off for like business, Don't like worry, on your taxes. Yeah. Don't worry if you can actually yeah. take care of it or not. Don't worry it. about it. But yeah. exactly. Jeff just, said, "Get a dog. Tell go tell your <laughs> tell your partner." Jeff, <laughs> Jeff said, "I had to. This guy knows his stuff. He does email marketing. He exactly. I, I, I had to." Do you want to be a successful therapist? Yes <laughs> or no? Go get a dog right now. Uh, or borrow a friend's dog for the picture. <laughs> yeah, or go borrow, go steal, it's go to the dog more park. Realistic. Yeah, yeah. Just go to the dog park. <laughs> what about posing with thirty dogs? Does that? <laughs> Is, does it, is it proportional like that? Does it increase your credibility? Yeah, the like more 30X? dogs you add, the the least, like the worse it does for you. Right, right. <laughs> so right, really, you just look like a nut. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> dogs are. It's actually you get clicked on 1.7 times more often. So that's almost twice as more. Wow. You're gonna get clicked on now. I'm not saying that like you're gonna get twice as more referrals. Yeah. But you'll get yep. like twice as more views to your. Uh, profile page, you know, and mm-hmm. which will probably turn into more clients. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. And then the so other, the <laughs> other few things to keep in mind when you're taking a photo is like, uh, make sure that you're showing like your your bust, you know. So it's not like a total um, like full body shot. It's yeah. just like from your chest up. Yeah. Um, people that take photos outside do better. So not inside, but outside. If there's like natural light, yep. that does better for people clicking on your photo. If there's so good contrast, so like if you're like sharp in the foreground and then it's a little blurry in the background, you're sort of popping out of the photo. Yep. People will click on that more. Yeah. You should smile, but you should not smile with all your teeth. Like only your okay. top teeth should show. Just some teeth. Yeah, because if you're showing like your top and bottom teeth, you kind of look like you're a crazy person. And okay. and if you're, you can like smile with no teeth, that's fine. But and, at and least what you're... about the dog, Jeff? How should the dog smile <laughs> for, the, for people out there who want to... The dog should have like, uh, you know, like a happy sort of kind of look on their yeah. face. They should like be happy to be there. It should you should make sure that you're not trying to like headlock the dog or like force it into the picture. Or that the dog's yeah. like testicles are kind of popping out or just <laughs> right, you know, yeah. in the front of the <laughs> photo. Just, I don't know. Yeah. I like labradoodle, like doodle, <laughs> poodle sort of like dogs, yeah. you know, like for, those are kind of cute. Oh, Throw those sure. in there. For sure. Um yeah, so those are things that you should pay attention to in your photo. Did you have like do you have a computer program or an algorithm or something that could sh- tell if someone's smelling with all their teeth or some teeth? Or did you pick through? Did <laughs> I you? just went through. Oh, my gosh. I just went through, like, over 500 photos, and I labeled them as, like, smile, no smile, smile, top teeth, smile, all teeth. And I, like, put it all into my spreadsheet. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We talk a lot about outsourcing on this show. <laughs> If you're listening right now, you, you might be thinking Not Jeff exactly. should have outsourced that. 
maybe he just likes it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that is super fascinating. All this is great. There, there's someone who did this for dating apps as well, and I bet a lot of this yes. kind of applies. I, I a long time ago wrote a blog post on how finding a therapist online is just like dating. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a similar process, right? But um, mm-hmm. kind of best yeah. practices for your Tinder profile. Probably, yeah, totally. Take this. <laughs> yeah, I think they free. did that on like OkCupid or something. They yeah. gave a lot of data for yeah. yeah. Um, and to go back real quick, yeah, yeah. just because it's sort of interesting, I guess. Um, the least selected issue when people are looking for um, a therapist is kleptomania. Okay, stealing um, stuff. Stealing stuff. Yeah. So. Maybe they feel like they don't have a problem because they're great at stealing. Or maybe there's just not a lot of people struggling sure. with kleptomania. Sure. I don't know. Um, the so least, if that's your specialty and you've been pressing it for five years, maybe yeah, consider an exactly. additional specialty. <laughs> right. That's what we're saying here. And then the least sele- selected treatment orientation is um, psychodrama. Yeah. No one knows what the hell that is. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is either. So, so yeah. So if you're a therapist that uses psychodrama to treat kleptomania, yeah, hmm. get a dog. Get a dog right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So that is so interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. But you got a doodle of sorts right here. I do. I have a doodle, and my like, there's somebody across the street that's like doing yard work. And my dog might start barking at him. So sure. just putting that out there. Well, gardeners can be dangerous. and Exactly. He's just protecting my house. Yeah. I appreciate that. I like it. Does he go to work with you? Does he go to the office? Uh, no, he doesn't go to work with me. He's still kind of a puppy. Yeah. Um, so he likes to like jump on people sometimes when he greets them and like lick their faces. And I know that uh, not a lot of not everyone is gonna enjoy that. Yeah. So we're not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday. Yeah, Um, maybe someday. These, uh, yeah, I think people were probably, um, probably uh, very intensely taking notes with a lot of this stuff and trying to jot it down. (laughs) And they're probably already on their profile somewhere making these edits. Um, Mm -hmm. My my guess is that these would probably um, apply to psychology today or good therapy or whatever the other ones are. Definitely. I mean, again, you use your your knowledge that you learned in grad school about research. If something can be externalized, then you can take this information and go, it's a generally representative population. Let's Mm -hmm. try it. Or you can try it and and look at your own numbers and see if I get more clicks or conversions or whatever it is. And you can be a little scientific about it like Jeff would. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What um, I have to ask you this just because you're here speaking of psychology today, how would you answer that question about, uh, for therapists everywhere who go, well, I've had my profile up for a year and I don't get any calls. Um, how would mm-hmm. you kind of advise them? Well, uh, I have like mixed feelings about therapist directories. I mean, obviously I run therapist directories, so I like them. I think they sure. work and they're a good return on investment typically because if you're only paying like $30 a month and you get even just one regular client out of it a year, then you're sure. like making your money back and even more. So there's that whole... ROI thing that I'm just like, yeah, of course, no brainer, go ahead. But if you're not getting any um, traffic or referrals from your therapist directories, um, 
you're going to want to think about like the photo tips that I gave, yeah, but sure. I also do focus groups where I'm just like asking clients um, that have recently found a therapist, what is it? What is the one thing that made you go ahead and like choose that therapist? And whether we like it or not, it's like um, they either read on their profile or they'd like talk to them on the phone and they find out that they find out like a little authentic thing about them. And it might just be something as small as like, oh, this therapist enjoys gardening and I enjoy gardening. Or yeah. this therapist went through a divorce and I went through a divorce. Yeah. But there's other things where they, you know, it's more like more. I got this response more often than I thought. Sure. But clients wanted to know that their therapist was smarter than them. <laughs> I don't know how you convey that without being like a little snob or turd about yourself. Or wearing a lab like, coat in your head. <laughs> wearing a lab coat. Uh, yeah. Um, but sort of like talking about your education in a way and like maybe talking about your training a little bit more. Um, well, the assumption not like underneath that is that, a, mm -hmm. you know, a smart therapist is a better therapist or if they're smart, they'll help me figure my stuff right. out. Right, exactly. That's super interesting. Um, well, and we know a lot yeah. about power dynamics in therapy and how and per per perceived mm -hmm. power that, uh, and we mm -hmm. have to be careful with that as therapists. But um, right. the smart thing is is kind of like another layer of that, another layer of power in a way. Right. Um, also, uh, they wanted to know that their therapist had a sense of humor. So maybe you can try to like convey that through your profile. That might be a little tricky. But without um, just saying, oh, I have a sense of humor. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm right. hilarious. I'm hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to make you laugh the whole session. <laughs> exactly. Um, and also, then there is like, this is a thing for Portland. I would imagine that it's in other bigger cities or non-bigger cities sure. as well. But like, they want to sort of know what their what therapists' like political beliefs were or like social causes that they supported. Um, so like talk, being a little daring, daring yep. and talking about like a social cause that you care about sure. or a movement that's going on and putting that in your profile can really attract um, clients. So that's, huge. that's something to think about. Super yeah. interesting. And again, a strong parallel to the dating thing, right? You want to know if you're going on a date with someone, what you're getting into kind of politically and is it going to be, is it going to match up, you know, are they going to judge you, whatever it is. So, right. And Jeff, th this has been super interesting and informative, truly uh, no other episode like this so far. So um, <laughs> we appreciate you delivering a massive amount of value to us today. Yeah, um, of course. And I'm going to have to have you on again, first of all, because it's just a great time. And second of I all, I could go on and on. Yeah. I haven't even said the word SEO. Um, right. So, <laughs> That's we're, okay. we're going to have to make it a series or something or a, a mini series within the show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Jeff, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and what do you have going on right now that you want people to know about? Yeah. Um, one of the main things that I'm working on and is in the place where you can like sign up for my weekly emails is if you go to therapyden.com and therapyden.com is going to be this new mental health directory for san francisco but you can sign up on the mailing list there you can click like the news section on therapyden.com and that's where all like my weekly blogs are or you can like download a whole bunch of free content or sign up for my mailing list um so primarily that's the place to go the other place that i um, that you can go is the practiceacademy.com and that's where I have like SEO tips and I sell an online SEO course where you can like sign up for that and I can guide you through how to optimize your website so that you can show up higher in Google searches. Um, 
Well, yeah, those are like the main places uh, where you'll cool. start collecting all my content. And you might see Jeff around Portland with his dog. <laughs> yes. Taking selfies. Will, yeah, yeah. I'm actually holding an event for Portland therapists in March. My dog will be there. There will be a professional photographer oh doing headshots for a therapist. My dog's name is Josh. He's a Labradoodle. <laughs> he will get you all the clients you could possibly need. I love it. So what there a cool you go. Event. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thanks for being here, man. And, and I really appreciate your time. And, um, and yeah, thanks again. Yeah, it was super fun. I can't wait to talk to you again. See you soon. All right. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and had some fun along the way. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you are listening. All right. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time.